We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 8. We're going to be, begin reading with verse 23 of this chapter. And I'm going to try to finish this chapter, 8 of Matthew, this morning. Praise God. And uh, let's all stand for the reading of God's Word. I know you were just standing, but that's like a bunch of Pentecostals, up, down, up, down, up, down. It's okay to be up and down. It's just not okay to be in and out. Verse 23, and when Jesus was entered into a ship, he's leaving Capernaum, his disciples followed him. Good idea. Jesus goes following him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Jesus was sleeping. His disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. We perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side, into the country of uh, Genesis, Genegris, what a name, Gergesons, Gergesons, how you pronounce that? Anyway, you say, what's the difference between Gergeson and the Gadarenes? In, in Luke uh, and Mark, Luke chapter 8 and Mark chapter 5, it calls it the place of the Gadarenes. Well, the Gergesons were the people, the Gadarenes was a region. So there's no contradictions in the Bible. There met him two possessed with devils. There we go again. Mark and Luke says there was one, but still no contradiction. If you've got two quarters, you still have one. One was just more vocal than the other. One was probably in worse shape than the other. They were possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce so that no man could pass by that way. Behold, they cried, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before our time? And there was a, good, was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. Mark chapter 5 says 2,000 swine. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished or drowned in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their way into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. What I use for a subject this morning, there's a devil in my storm. You may be seated. There's a devil in my storm. Jesus Christ has left Capernaum and he's going to cross the Sea of Galilee. And he's going to the other side, and on the other side is the country of the Gadarenes, the region of the Gadarenes. There in that 
graveyard. The Bible says they were two men here in the book of Matthew. Mark and Luke says one man, just simply showing us that one man was much worse off than the other man. But I mean, no one demon in you is one too many. But this man had his dwelling among the tombs, this possessed man. In fact, the angel said, the, the devil said, the fallen angel said, we are legion. The demon said, we are legion, meaning many. When Jesus Christ showed up, the demon said, we know who you are. Have you come to torment us before our time? I want to say real quickly that the devils believe in God. They fear God. There are no atheist demons. Hello. No atheist devils. Jesus Christ says, we want to go across to the other side. So he gets in a ship and he begins to make his journey across the sea to the area of the tomb where the gathering, where the demonic, demoniac of Gadara was. But on his way, on the, as Jesus approaches that graveyard, and let me say right now that the two men in the graveyard, they're the first tomb raiders. They are the original tomb raiders. Meaning they would bust into the graves to take what? they could get to survive. One was so bad that he was naked. The best, the best way to describe this guy is he was a rude, lewd, nude dude. <laughs> Amen. And I've met some lewd, rude, nude dudes before. And so Jesus is on his way to deliver Two men that are possessed of demons. And on his way, Satan, I believe, sends a storm. He sends a storm that's so horrific that I believe personally that the devil was trying to stop Jesus from getting to the graveyard. He's also coming again someday, and the devil would like to stop Jesus getting to the graveyards. Why? Because when Jesus comes to the graveyards, people come alive. He is the resurrection and the life. And so people are going through storms, and they're going through trials, and there's a devil in my storm. And there are so many people that get hung up on that. Well, the devil just beat me up. I just can't go any further. I'm just, I'm in horrible shape. The Bible says that the storm was so fierce. In fact, in Luke chapter 8, it says that it came down a great fierce storm of wind came upon the lake. And Jesus was asleep in the hinder part of the ship with his head laid on a pillow. And Jesus was fast asleep. The wind came down from the mountains into the Lake Eric, Sea of Galilee, and the waves began to beat, and that little Sea of Galilee being about eight and a half miles by 13 miles long and eight and a half miles wide, the waters become so choppy 
that the waters begin to splash into the boat. Now get it out of your head that this was a cruise liner. Get it out of your head that this was a great big yacht. Get it out of your head that this was a great big massive fishing boat. It was not a great big boat. So they get in the ship. The ship is loaded down. There are 12 disciples. One is a rat fink. His name is Judas. You got 12 disciples that's loaded on this boat. And Jesus is so weary and so tired, he goes to the back of the ship, the stern, and he lays his head on a pillow or a cushion, and he goes fast asleep. Get it out of your head that when the storm came, they had to look for Jesus. They already knew he was there. Get it out of your head. Matthew didn't say to, to Bartholomew, Where's Jesus? I wonder where Jesus is. We're in trouble. Oh, Jesus, come. We're in trouble. They knew where he was. I believe they said to each other, look at him. He's just asleep and he's just resting. And Man, we're in trouble and he's just, he just taking a nap. He's resting. And I believe they commented several times as they were going across the sea, about how Jesus was resting. Let me tell you something about our Lord. He was all man and all God. And that all man was exhausted and he needed to rest. And Jesus was at rest and he was getting rest. We need to be at rest and then we need to spend the rest of our life getting rest. Amen? That's why you go to sleep every night. You got to get some rest. If you don't go to sleep every night and get up and drink a gallon of coffee every morning, you're horrible to live with. No one can stand you because you got to get your sleep. And then you got to get some drugs to wake you up called coffee. Well, I don't believe coffee is drugs. Are you addicted to it? Now, I don't mean drugs like you think of drugs, but I, you understand. And, and you say, well, preacher, you just don't drink coffee, so you're picking on us. No, I drink Diet Pepsi. And I drink a gallon of it every morning just to fizz me up. But it wasn't, it wasn't that they didn't know Jesus was in the ship. They knew he was there. And I believe they commented several times that Jesus was asleep. And let me re-emphasize, Jesus was resting, and he was getting rest. And being a child of God, we need to rest in Jesus Christ. We need to rest in this Bible. The Bible says we have peace with God in Romans chapter 5. We have peace with God because of the power of Jesus Christ. And then in Philippians chapter 4, it says if you want to continue to rest and continue to have peace, you've got to do certain things and keep your mind clear and keep your, your thoughts 
pure and keep your focus on the word of God and keep your focus on the power of God and keep your focus on the good things of life. So the Christian life is resting in Jesus and getting more rest every day. That's the Christian life. We rest in Jesus and we continue to get more rest as we make our way across the sea. Amen? I think it's good to say, more rest. More rest. How many in this room would like to have more rest? Yeah. Rest in Jesus and the power of God. And Jesus is asleep on a pillow, and I sleep on my pillow. I sleep on, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. I use this Bible as my pillow that I'm not to let my heart be weary or fearful or be afraid. I rest my head on this word of God that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my God, my Savior, my Keeper, my Redeemer. So I lay my head on the word of God and I rest in the good word of God. I rest in the spirit of God. I rest in the power of God. But if you don't rest in the precious name of Jesus, if you don't rest in the good word of God, if you don't rest, the storm's going to come at you, and your storm is going to have a devil in it. There's a devil in my storm. And let me tell you, friends, the devil sent that storm to stop Jesus from getting to the graveyard. And I want you to know the devil sends storms today to try to stop us from doing God's will. And so water kept splashing. I can imagine water splashed on Jesus while he's sleeping. Jesus wasn't worried. Why? Because he's Lord of the storm. Jesus is God of the storm. Demons bow before him because he's Lord. Jesus Christ is not afraid of the storm. He's master of the storm. And he's getting his rest, humanity, in his, in, his, uh, in his manly nature, he's getting rest. But he's resting in the powerful deity of his might and his power. And the disciples get fearful, they get afraid, and they run to Jesus. You'll find this story in Mark chapter 4, and then the story about it getting to the graveyard in Mark chapter 5. And then you find Luke chapter 8. And as you look at these chapters and you see what God did, they ran to Jesus. They knew where he was. They didn't, I mean, Matthew didn't say to, to, to Philip, go find Jesus. They all knew where he was at. They all knew he was laying right there on that pillow. And they're thinking, how can he sleep when the waves are bashing against the ship? How can he sleep when the winds have come down and trying to drown us? How can he sleep? And I want you to know, the world looks at you and wonders how you can rest when your world is so turbulent. How you can rest when everything's going wrong. The world looks at you and says, there's something magnificent about that person because they hold it together. There's something holding their heart together. There's something holding their spirit together. It is the Word of God. It is Jesus. Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus is keeping me together. And they cried, Jesus, carest not that we perish. 
And Jesus gets up. And he didn't get up in a bad mood. I mean, oh, Jesus never got up in a bad mood. And Jesus gets up and he looks at them and he says, look, why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? And he stands in front of that ship and looks at the wind and the waves. And he says, peace, be still. And in the Greek, that meant shut up and put a muzzle on it. So he wasn't in a bad mood with his disciples. He was in a very bad mood with the storm. But what couldn't wake Jesus up? The storm couldn't wake Jesus up because Jesus didn't really care. He's master of the storm. The waters didn't wake Jesus up, but the cry of his disciples did. Isn't that good? And he says, peace be still. And immediately the waves stopped. The wind stopped. The sea became calm. It was an incredible miracle. And they looked at each other, Peter, James, and John, Bartholomew, Andrew, and all the disciples looked at each other and said, whoo, wow, what manner of man is this that can talk to the sea? the waters, and the wind, and they obey him. Isn't that good? I believe they thought of Psalm 89, verse 89. It says, O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Who is a strong Lord like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness around about thee. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Isn't that beautiful? God is in control. And you may feel like right now there's a devil in your storm. But I want you to understand that when the devil comes to you in a storm, you know just where to turn because Jesus is at peace with you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus is with you. Jesus will watch over you. There may be a devil in your storm, but you've got a Lord God Almighty in your boat. Amen. The Lord is in our storms as well. I believe it's in Mark chapter 4, verse 36, that there were little ships also that went along with Jesus. When he got into, a, when he got into, a, uh, got into the ship, other people began to follow him in other ships. That's in verse 36, chapter 4 of Mark. And so Jesus wasn't in every boat, but he was in the storm. Jesus was not in every boat, but he was in the storm. And I want you to know, my friends, it's better that Jesus be in your boat than to just have him in your storm. I want him nearby. How about you? Now, those that were following Jesus in other ships, 
they got to see the miraculous miracle of Christ. They got to see the sea become calm and the wind stop. They were protected because Jesus is Lord of the storm. Satan cannot sink you when Jesus is your Lord and your rock. Isn't that good? And I want to say to everybody in this room that if you're going through a storm, Jesus is in the storm. The devil may be there, but I want you to know the Lord is Lord of the storm. The devil's not. Jesus is Lord of the storm. And I'd like to shout, the Lord is in my boat. The Lord is in my boat. I love it because the Lord's in my boat because I get to watch him work. All the other little boats didn't get to watch him work. But where Jesus was in the boat, they got to watch Jesus work. I love watching Jesus do his work. I love watching Jesus perform his miracles. I love feeling Jesus. I love smelling Jesus. I love feeling the presence of Jesus, which they didn't have in the other boats. And there are millions of people trying to follow Jesus, but they're not, they're not committed completely. They've not got into the boat with Jesus. Amen? Jesus cares about us. He loves us and watches over us. Amen. Amen. And so he calms the storm. He tells the devil, shut up, put a muzzle on it. Storm, shut up, put a muzzle on it. And Jesus Christ takes them to the other side. Let me share with you something that's very important. Look at him in your storm. Look at Jesus in your storm. Because he can be trusted. Look at Jesus in your storm because he can be trusted. Amen? I mentioned preaching down in Purdy, Missouri in revival that the Lord can come out of nowhere. And he can. He can come out of nowhere. And then he can come out of somewhere. If you have a heart attack, he can come out of somewhere. If you have a death in the family, you can come out of somewhere. And Charlie spoke up to me at the close of the service. He said, when I got saved, the Lord came from everywhere. So the Lord can come from out of nowhere. The Lord can come out of somewhere. And the Lord can come from everywhere. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Amen. And so Jesus takes the disciples to the other side. They rest on the other shore in the country of the Gadarenes. While, they, while Jesus gets out of the boat, before you ever complain about there's a devil in your storm or you complain about there's a devil in your trial or the devil's giving you a hard time, hear what this happens to this demoniac. There's a devil in his life. There was a devil in his life. And I want you to know, as a Christian, you ought to shout, there's no devil in your life. As a child of God, you ought to shout, there's no devil in your life. 
And before you get discontent because you're having a hard time financially, before you get discontent because you're having a hard time uh, physically, before you get discontent because you're having a hard time as a Christian getting through and as a Christian struggling and a storm and there's storms around you and you're going through a hard time, before you get too critical and cynical about that. Just remember, there are millions outside this church that they have a devil in their life. Woo! I'm glad I don't have a devil in my life. I do not have a devil in my life. And Jesus got out of the ship, begins to walk toward the tombs. And Matthew says there were two of them that dwelt among the tombs. Mark 5 and and Luke 8 says there were one, but it just, all it's doing is it's saying one was really bad. He was a lewd, nude, rude dude. He was really bad. In fact, he was so bad that Jesus addressed him and said, what's your name? And the devil spoke up and said, my name is Legion, meaning we are many. Now, I don't know how many demons was in that one man, but I know there were 2,000, according to Mark chapter 5, hogs. (laughs) And when the hogs left that man's body, when Jesus Christ gave them leave to go into the swine, 2,000 hogs, there had to be at least 2,000 demons in that man. There may have been more than 2,000 demons. Because trust me, a lot of demons can hang on to a strip of bacon. I'm not trying to ruin your dinner or nothing, but amen? And when Jesus comes to the tomb, this man comes running. I think this is why um, Mark and Luke says it was one man, because I think it was, that was the man that came running to Jesus. And the demon fell at the feet of Jesus, legion, and said, have you come to torment us before our time? See, the devils believe in God, the devils believe in Jesus, and the devils believe in judgment. Have you come to judge us before our time? Have you come to torment us? Don't, as Luke chapter 8 says, don't put us in the deep. Don't send us to the abyss. Don't send us into the outer darkness, but let us go into the swine. And Jesus Christ said, go. And the demons went into the swine. The swine was near the lake. And the swine lost their minds because there was a devil in their peanut brains. First mention, a minced ham. Minced meat ham. Them devils got in them pigs and them pigs were tormented so bad they ran off over the hill and committed homicide. They committed suicide. They had at the country of the gatherings, they had when Jesus showed up a hog killing revival. 
I hope our tent meeting is a hog-killing revival. Amen. Amen. But no, most people don't want their little piggy mess with. They get attached to their little piggy piggy. But we need a hog-killing revival. Amen. A hog-killing revival. I mean... We need a revival that be so strong that people's lives will be changed and they'll let go of those pleasures of their life that it's unseemly and wicked. They'll let go of their addictions and their sinful lifestyles that they'll let go of those things that are binding them in their sin that we need such a move of God that people say, my God, we got to get ready. Jesus Christ could come in any moment. We got to be prepared. He's coming. Jesus Christ is coming. And I want to tell you, friends, right now, Jesus Christ is crossing the sea of Galilee. He's crossing the sea of humanity. Jesus Christ is on his way to the graveyard. He's on his way to those that are bound by demon spirits. And Jesus Christ is going to set them free. And there's going to be a hog-killing revival. Amen. That's good stuff, isn't it? I love that. What a blessing. What a blessing to know that Jesus Christ is master of the storm. And I want you to listen carefully because so many people fit under this description. There's a devil in their storm. And it's all about the devil is beating me up. It's all about the devil that's got me down. It's all about the devil. But I'm here to tell you there's a Lord Jesus Christ in every storm. There's a mighty God in every attack of the enemy. There's a mighty God that can set you free. And every sickness, there's a mighty God that can heal your sick body. And every bondage, there's an almighty God that can set you free from the shackles of sin and death. And every dark place, there's a the shining light of the uh, light of God, the light of the world, Jesus Christ, will shine into your life. And every storm, don't, don't get the idea whether there's a devil in my storm. Perk up. Understand. No, there's not just the devil. There's a big God. And when you got big God, the devil's not worth mentioning any longer. Shout out. There's a, there's a Lord. There's a Savior. There's a Jesus Christ in my storm. And not only is there Jesus Christ in my storm, but he's in my boat. He's in my boat. I like to watch him work. Amen. And when he, you know, when those disciples saw him asleep on a pillow, I think they were amazed how he could sleep while the waves were bashing in on the ship. I think they were shocked at how at peace Jesus was. And here they were so fearful. You know why Jesus could sleep in the storm? You know why he had peace? He is the master of the storm. That storm wasn't going to hurt him. That storm wasn't going to hurt his disciples. That storm wasn't going to sink his boat. And all those that are following Jesus are safe.
Now, you've, you may feel like the little ships, and you may feel like I've got a little distance here. You may feel like that you're not quite close enough to Jesus, but I want you to know, follow him, even at a distance, follow him. Follow him, even if you don't feel that he's on board with you, follow him. Because he is your only protection. He is your only miracle. He is your only way. Follow him. And if you follow him, he'll protect you. He'll, he'll, he'll touch your life. Amen. And if you follow him long enough, you can get in the boat with him. Amen. You then sit down in that boat. What are you doing, preacher? I'm just watching him sleep. What are you doing, preacher? I'm just watching the Lord get rest. Why, even when he snores, the clouds shake and tremble. Even when he snores, the fish jump up and down in the waters. You say, I don't believe Jesus snored. He was all man. I believe he snored like anybody else. And, and you, you, I know you people out there, I don't snore. I'll ask your spouse. Amen? I went and seen a doctor, and, there, and he, the doctor was telling me, do you snore? And I said, well, yeah. Do you? He said, well, gal. He said, I knew you snored. And I said, how do you know I snored? Because he said, anybody that gets good, sound rest will snore. Amen. And I just happened to fall asleep in the waiting room. But anyway. I'm about to say something, but I'm not going to. But I just love to hear people when they're sleeping purr. I call snoring purring. Amen? And I just love to watch Jesus. I love to watch him rest. I love to watch him move. I love to watch him. I love... I love his presence. Even if he's doing nothing in my life, I just like to know he's next to me. Even if, even if I don't feel he's doing anything active in my life, I just want to know he's, in the, he's on board with me. He's next to me. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And, and I can't think of a greater truth than the fact that Jesus Christ can be on board with us and we can watch him, watch him sleep, watch him arise, watch him speak to the waves, hear him speak to the clouds and the waters and the winds and they obey him. Watch him work, watch him save, watch him deliver, watch him cast the devils out of this demoniac of Gadara. Watch him say to them demons, go and watch the hogs storm to the so, uh, to their suicide, to the lake, to drown. Watch it. I'd love to have seen that. Amen? I'd have looked down over that steep grade in that sea, and I said, look at all that deviled ham.
Amen? Did you say devil spam? Same thing. Now, some of you won't eat spam. I'll eat spam. All I need is a gallon bucket of mustard, and I'll eat spam. Yeah, because it's good for you. The mustard is. Question, do you feel like there's a devil in your storm? Get that out of your head. Just, just erase that from your mind. No, there's a God in my storm. There's a Lord, master of the storm in my storm. And then understand that if you're in the little boat trying to get along, trying to get there, just understand as long as you're following him, that Lord of the storm will protect you. And then if you're in the boat and you're wondering, why am I going through this? Jesus is my Savior. He's with me. Why, why, why am I going through all this? Well, first of all, learn the great art of silence. Just be quiet. Because Jesus has a plan. Amen? Because he's taking you to the country of the gatherings. You may have some family members that are there's a devil in their life. You may have a grandchild that there's a devil in his or her life. You may have a neighbor that, the devil, that there's a devil in their life. And if you'll go with Jesus to where they are, you can watch Jesus work. That you can watch Jesus work. Amen? Watch him work. Watch him work. Now, I was in a revival one night. There was this little boy. He would, every night I'd preach, and, and actually I pastored the church for a while, and this little boy would crawl up the aisle, and he would hiss, and he would growl, and he'd make noise. And he'd crawl up the aisle every night, and he'd tug on my pants leg. He'd hold on to my pants, and here I'm running around preaching, and he'd walk around holding on to my leg. The parents didn't seem to mind and the little boy kept doing it. And one night I got grieved in my spirit. And I reached down. He's just a little boy. I, not very, weighed very little. And I just picked him up by the nap of his neck, by his shirt. Just picked him up with one hand. I was so grieved. And I held him up in front of my face. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, let this boy go. And I just dropped him. He just fell in the floor. He jumped up, ran like he had, he was running from me. He ran out the door, and when he ran out the door on the porch of the church, he threw up everywhere. One month later, that little boy changed. He never did that again to me. One month later, he started getting A's in school. A demon had come out of that little boy, and he started getting good grades in school. He started having clean habits and started living good and clean and reverent. He was quiet, and he was, he was reverent to people, and he was just a, a, a totally changed young man because God had removed a demon from him. 
And the teachers at school said, what has happened to this boy? He has changed. And the parents said, the preacher grabbed him up and told the devil to get out of him. And the teacher said, well, it worked. Would you send him to our classroom? And I never will forget, one Sunday morning, the parents had five children. They lined them all up in the front of the altar. And mom and dad said, preacher, we want you to do with these what you did with this one. And I said, only if they grab my leg and I have to try to drag them around. I'm sure glad they didn't take me up on that. But I prayed for them. Now, I do want you to know that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. But that power is not us. That power is Jesus Christ. And I wouldn't do it again for nothing in the world. It just, I couldn't help myself. I just did it. I couldn't stop it. I just did it. I just reached out and grabbed the boy and, and commanded the demon to come out of me and drop the boy. I didn't, I wouldn't do it again uh, unless the Lord moved upon me to do it. I couldn't stop myself. I just did it. I just did it. I just did it. Just did it. Actually, God did it. God did it. And the boy was delivered. Now, I'm not saying if you get bad grades in school, you got a demon in you. Because I got bad grades in school all the time. My favorite hobby was playing hooky from school. That was my joy. I looked forward to each school day to come up with a reason not to go. Teacher caught me at Wendy's the other day and said, I'm so proud of you. Said, I wish all my kids were, that went to school that I taught was like you. I said, have you had a stroke or something? Do you remember me? He said, all I remember is what you are now. And I said, well, God did it. You know, God will do it. And I don't know what your family's facing. I don't know what, uh, maybe there's someone, there's a devil in their life. And you need to let Jesus go with you to them. Amen? Jesus wants to take you to them. And you may be going through a storm, and that storm may be the total purpose of that storm is to blow you into that shore of the gatherings, to take you to that delivering place. Isn't that good? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand that way too much emphasis, as Josh preached Friday night, was an outstanding sermon at Purdy, Missouri, the last night of revival. And Josh was trying to say that too many preachers, too many organizations are putting 
heavy burdens on people that they don't need to carry. And that's true. I'm not telling you you have to be a superhero. I'm not telling you you've got to go out there and do all these great things. But I'm telling you if you follow Jesus, he'll do some great things in your presence. If you'll honor Jesus, he'll do some great things in your presence. Amen? Isn't that good? Hallelujah. So, is there a devil in your storm? I say no. Not, not, no, 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 no. Not, not, there's a God in my storm. There's the Lord, Savior, the master of the storm is in my storms. And he's not only in my storms, he's sitting right in my boat. You got Jesus sitting in your boat? So you get it out of your head that this was a, some kind of yacht. It wasn't. Get out of your head that this was some kind of massive boat that they'd have to go down in the lower chambers to find him. It wasn't. It was just a big fishing boat. It might have been half the size of this platform. They knew where Jesus was. They knew he was sound asleep. And they couldn't understand it. And they were terrified. And Jesus got up and rebuked the winds and the sea. And it obeyed him. The sea and the waves obeyed him. I don't know what you're going through today, but I can tell you this. Jesus has got it covered. Amen? Jesus got it covered. Amen? He's got it. Jesus got it. He's got it taken care of. He loves you. He's powerful. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to give an invitation. That little boy that that the Lord cast the devil out is a preacher today. He's a preacher today. Pretty good one. That little boy that I picked up with one hand and brought up here like this. He's huge. He's a big guy. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I'm glad that he wasn't that size when we we encountered each other. Is there, are you going through a storm? Are you going through a trial? Do you feel like you're living in the tombs? The Bible says that this demoniac of Gadara had his dwelling in the tombs. He broke into tombs. He was a tomb raider. He, and he didn't want anybody coming into his graveyard. He didn't want anybody disrupting his graveyard. That was his home. That's where he lived. He dwelled among the tombs. Don't you come into my graveyard. I like the smell. I like the silence. I like the death. But at night, he would wail and cry like an animal and cut himself with rocks. And Jesus come into that graveyard. He said, no more. No more. Not going to be any unrest in this graveyard. It's going to be peace. Peace. Amen. I want to invite you today. If you're going through a storm, I want to invite you today to come down here and say, my Lord, I want to recognize you as the God of the storm. I want to recognize you as the Lord of the storm. And if you're going through a hard time and you're kind of struggling, I want you to come down here this morning and 
Invite Jesus to be in your boat. Ask Jesus to be in your boat. He may choose to sleep. And if he does choose to sleep, enjoy watching him. Enjoy watching him rest. Because we have peace with God in Romans 5. And we have the peace of God in Philippians 4. And we need to learn to sleep, to rest in Jesus. Everybody say, rest in Jesus. And then we need to be resting in Jesus. Everybody say, be resting. See, we need to rest in Jesus and then continue to rest in Jesus. Finding rest in Jesus. Josh is going to sing when he invites you to come.